0: Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Middle.
1: And welcome to another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show with me, Bark. And to my left is Arms. Hello. No, good morning. And to my right is Ned.
0: Hey, what's going on? It's a midday show. It's a midday show. It's a midday weekend show. It it's, is. It's kind of weird with the sun out, the guns are out.
1: Nettles' guns are out. We couldn't do YouTube, it would uh, be
0: too intimidating. Uh, arms, is, arm, arms always has the guns out, baby. Guns blazing.
2: If it's not a dress shirt, it doesn't have sleeves. <laughs> Sometimes, whenever I wear a suit, I actually have the uh, sleeves cut off my dress shirt. Ooh.
1: Ooh. I feel naked for having sleeves on now. I feel Reverse. rejected
0: and like an outcast. Should feel feminine. Is what you should feel. <laughs> show 'em <him> off, bud. <laughs> uh, bud. Uh,
2: oh, no. Bud. Uh, show 'em off, bud.
1: Well, I got to talk first about a uh, a title. <laughs> arms may slap me, but a title of the show I called Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterskin. Didn't really
2: think that one through. No, I get it because he signed with the Skins, (laughs) right? But he's a Peter Skin now. But now you're also a twelve-year-old. Maybe it's the twelve-year-old inside me that's like, (laughs) that is a childish thing to say. Uh, but it's, it's like it's like a derogatory term towards Adrian Peterson whenever we're just trying to say he's a Redskin.
1: He is a Redskin. Adrian Peterskin.
0: <laughs> I didn't even
1: catch it. I mean, I read it. It didn't hit me, though. Maybe I'm getting See, too immature yes, for this. Because it's, it's such a good nickname since he's now with the Redskins. It just... It just flows. Until arms told me, personally, I don't like that.
2: I just... <laughs> Sh- I mean, Crap. I just don't. I'm sorry.
1: It's okay. I needed somebody to call me out on it. I looked at it a second time, and I was like, that's extremely juvenile. Why did
0: I do that? What
1: possessed me to do that?
0: Was that... Like, were you going for the childishness of it, or did it just not register?
2: Until I I'm-
1: actually
0: legitimately thought it was witty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was proud of myself, and... You know, at you, first you
2: were wrong. What's called an Adrian Foreskin? I, I'm, mean, I'm a,
1: I must be the wrong one on this one. Yeah, I, <laughs> you need a do-over on that one. I the do. Adrian Peterskin. Unfortunately, it was too late. His mother probably saw it. His cousins, his old family. Not actually.
2: Yeah, I, I doubt a lot of them are listening to us. Hopefully, some. Never know. You never know.
1: Adrian might be, you know, pumping iron in the skins facilities as we speak, with this on. And if so, we're sorry. <laughs> Dear, dearly sorry
0: if that's all he needs to motivate him though to get to that 500 yard uh, level that arms called him out for the arms
1: projection yeah, he's not getting there Hey I'll tell you that clip of arms projecting Adrian Peterson at that, that is on fantasy gambit kind of a little plug just because we're on it and it's, it's a cool app you can actually go pick your favorite players and uh, you can listen to sound clips about those players from popular podcasts. I'm proud to say I think we're a popular podcast now.
0: And once you load them up, you just load your fantasy team, whoever you want to monitor, and it just continues. You you hit play. It just continues from one quote-unquote article slash uh, snippet. Podcast, podcast snippet to the next. It's like your own personalized podcast. It's kind of cool. But you also have links right into, you know, great podcasts like the Back Row Fantasy Show. You can go right into our show from that if you want. Yeah, You can even look us up
1: individually under the podcast tabs and it will show all of the clips that we've done. So instead of going through and just finding what what, uh, clips we have done on players, just go to the podcast tab. It'll show you every single little snippet. We actually got some IDP on there now and hopefully everybody enjoys that. So it's Fantasy Gambit. It's on iPhone and Android. And I sound extremely commercialized right now. Arms, help me.
2: Grow up or grow down. God, quit being a Peterskin. I like, I like you a little bit better as as the childish person. Just not quite to the level to where you're calling people Peterskin for their last name. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I can't.
1: I did say Adrian before it.
2: Oh, no. Everyone knew who you were Bonus talking points. about. But Come on, guy. Come on.
1: All right. We digress. We're going to give you guys that didn't make our top ten defensively and offensively. And uh, just kind of go round table between me, Arms, and Knit and figure out who we really hated to leave out of the top 10. And uh, I guess you could call this our favorites episode, our post-top 10 favorites. Knit, you want to lead us off?
0: Well, we'll start off at the quarterback position and all, everything points to Jared Goff taking another leap this year. And, and really the guy, 3,800 yards, it's a four-to-one touchdown to interception ratio under Sean McVay. Just took off in year two. I'm looking for him to take off again and and take it to the next level. Year three, with that Rams offense, just ha- they're loaded everywhere. Even the even the tight end position that gets overlooked there, they have talent there. So you, when you mix in a Gurley, that wide receiving core, a Higby, a, a Gerald Everett, Jared Goff, Jared Goff has everything around him to be that 4,400 yard guy. That that third. Uh, Approach thirty touchdowns and keep the interceptions right where they are. He sh- he's already shown that he was extremely efficient in year two. I think this year, Sean McVay releases the reins, gives the reins to Jared Goff a little bit, makes him uh, gives him the ability to change plays at the line of scrimmage as he sees needed, and just I think it, I think it's another projection up for Jared Goff. I mean, I I wanted to put him in my top ten, but there's just a multitude of, of quarterbacks ahead of him that you can't overlook. But Jared Goff, if you're drafting him as your QB1, if you have a strong team around him, like a strong fantasy team around him, he ain't gonna hurt you. He will not hurt you in 2018 as your starting quarterback in just about every fantasy format.
2: I Don't mean, is there really anyone anyone in the league right now with more weapons? Like you can make the argument Big Ben has more weapons, you know just based on the quality of you know his number two and three receiver but i mean look at what jared goff has got out there i mean addition in addition to cooper cup who came a long way last year robert woods who showed the robert woods that everyone's been waiting for since he came out of college and now you've got brandon cooks who is he's an 1100 yard receiver year in and year out i mean just what he does he is a talented receiver all right "Quote unquote, the best running back in the game, and yeah. Todd yeah. easily, Todd easily, without a doubt, a top three running back. However, you want to peg. If you drop him out of your top three, you're nuts. Gurley's a stud. I mean, and even like Higby not a terrible tight end. No. I mean, there's just there's talent all the way around the field, and it's it's almost like somebody's got to be open. Yeah, yeah
1: you, you're looking. Cool no, no way he can have a bad season. I mean, there's just. It would be hard to believe that Goff could have a bad season with that what, that uh, weaponry
0: around him. And you're looking for a deficiency on that offense. Like you, maybe you point the finger to the offensive line. It, you know, the skill positions are phenomenal. You 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 start looking at the offensive line. No, no. I mean, both of those tight ends can chip in and block. Uh, I mean, they they allowed Todd Gurley to have the season he did. I mean, they have no holes on that offense. That should be a top-five offense. Or, or defense. As you're saying, their yeah.
2: defense is very solid. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they lost Ogletree, but ultimately, you they know. They bring in
0: corners. You know, I mean, they lock down the secondary. Uh, the you're right. That that's going to be a scary good team, and they were a playoff team last year. They might be a contender for like championship it's, game.
2: It's a young team. It's a very young team, and you know this isn't one of those teams' championship windows closing. It's it's opening wider and wider as time goes for this team. They're. Kind of only getting better. I mean, this is a stud team that's that's aging the right direction.
0: Year three quarterback, year four running back, uh, year two, year three tight ends. That that receiving core is still young. They a, yeah, a year around. two and
2: I think a, a year five and like a year six tight or wide receiver. I mean, they're, they're everybody's in their twenties. Yeah. I mean,
0: mid twenties too. I mean, this is this is someone, especially in a dynasty format. If you're drafting a new dynasty. Jared Goff's a target, man. He, he should, If he's going to do what he did last year, progress a little bit in 2018, he should stay there for the next eight to ten years in, in all reality as long as they're able to keep the nucleus of that offense together. But, that, I mean, that's my guy. That's my guy that I'd love to invest in, just not too early, just not too early in, in fantasy formats. I think if you can't tell,
1: we all probably struggled to leave Jared Goff out of our top ten because we all kind of feel the same way. That team is completely set up. Like, he simply should not fail. So, I, it, to me, he's a safe pick this year. He's actually a safe pick. He's just not, you know, we don't see him as that top ten potential quite yet, but it's really super close with You Jared don't
2: believe Goff. in a lot of four touchdown games out of Jared Goff. Right. But you can see a lot of two, maybe three touchdown games out of Jared Goff. I don't think you're going to see many at zero. If any, at no. zero. But, I mean, they I do mean, have because, Todd Curley. If, if they're, but still swing pass out of the backfield. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. believe in Todd Gurley's ability to, to catch the ball out of the backfield if they're trying to stack the box.
0: Yeah, one of the biggest indicators of success to me in a young quarterback is that touchdown-to-interception ratio. I kind of alluded to it. Four-to-one is just absolutely phenomenal. It's not good. It's not above average. It's phenomenal. And, and going 28-7 and seven in year two, that shows he makes good decisions, doesn't make bad decisions, and is efficient throwing the football. Hey, Jared Goff, 2018. Cracked the top 10, buddy. Yeah,
2: Now you guys know who I'm going with.
0: Yeah, yeah. We I think it,
2: everybody who's listened to more than four or five episodes of the Back Row Show knows that... Sam Bradford. I have a man crush, and it's just totally a homer pick, but it's Derek Carr. I mean, if we take out last year, whenever he broke his back earlier, and oh, by the way, was coming back off of an injury from the end of the 2016 season, all right? If you go with what he did in 2015 and 16, basically averaged 3,950 yards and 30 touchdowns. Those are, you know, top 10 fantasy football numbers for a quarterback. I mean, talk about boom. In 2016, he had two games. That he had four touchdowns, one of them with over 500 passing yards. He's got the tremendous upside. His bad games, you know, every quarterback has the right kind of a, to have a bad game, but for the most part, he's usually over 15 fantasy points. Um, more so than that, he usually hangs around the 30 mark. Of his bad games are 15, but his good games are, you know. He's a mid-20 guy, yeah,
0: high-20 guy. Yeah, when I mean,
2: he- he's had 54-point games, and most of them are, you know, 30 to 35.
1: You know, what's kind of crazy is it almost feels like guys like Derek Carr and Jared Goff are almost kind of like sleepers. But they're not sleepers. They've they've been there and done it already, and, and they should just get better. So it's, it's kind of weird that we're able to name such high-caliber quarterbacks that didn't make our top 10, you know, looking back on it. But, again, like Nit said, the top 10 is just so good from top to bottom that... Guys that could easily break the top ten get left out. It just happens. There's a multi
0: like a, I feel like a Phillip Rivers is probably a safer bet to make the top ten than than golf or uh, or car. But it depends on where you're at, especially in a dynasty format. Do you want the young guy with upside or do you want the proven vet? It just depends on where the rest of your team is. Are you in win now mode or win later mode? And to me, golf's my guy. I, I can't knock even though I knock you all the time on car. The talents there, yeah, the decisions making,
1: and he looks good so far in preseason. I mean, yeah. just his arm and his accuracy, his mechanics, looks like David Carr pre twenty seventeen to me. And the other Derrick, thing, Derek Carr. Who did I say? David, his brother. David. David. Which, by the way, David should have been decent. Had a
2: uh, a little throwing competition against, I believe, Dak Prescott, and just annihilated him on all the touch passes. He just never had an offensive line.
0: David Carr did.
2: Yeah, nice. David Carr, not Derek.
0: Going back to Derek, though, I mean, the Jordy Nelson, when you swap out a Jordy Nelson, who's a touchdown deep ball threat, a red zone target for Michael or, or excuse me, you, you bring in Jordy Nelson, Michael Crabtree leaving, I think that helps. I mean, it, it, it allows the deep ball to come back into play. I, I lo- I've i always loved Jordy Nelson's threat to score on any play. I think it'll help Amari Cooper on over the middle yep. a little bit yep. more. The tight ends, whoever they end up playing. Jared I mean, Cook. I mean, it's probably – Cook's Cook's already established as a relevant tight end. I think they have multiple uh, tight ends there that yeah. can contribute. What it comes down to me on Derek Carr is how good that running game is going to be. How good can that running game be with an aging Marshawn Lynch or whoever you want to throw a back there. hamster. Whether it's Chris Warren, the, yeah. the preseason darling there. Does, do they keep him in a number three role? Can that running game – Take the edge. Take the pressure off of Derek Carr and if, allow him to. If the to... running
2: game can combine, I mean, between three running backs for, you know, on the season, you know, 15 to 1700 yards, I think they're fine. Right. I just worry that, that that's going to be the problem is they can't combine to do that. That, that That's my biggest issue. I mean, you've got the talent at receiver. And you've got a, a talented quarterback who can you know, move the ball down the field, has great touch on his passes. I mean, other than last year, you look at Derek Carr and you think this guy's ascending to be at top-tier level quarterback. Last year, like I said, hurt, and it just he was never the same all year. If he comes back, he's looked good this preseason. It is a preseason. We all know that, but he's also done it before. Yeah. Well, the other – the everyone's going to this running back by
0: committee. I, every team has trended that way, but the biggest – the downfall to the running back by committee is not that they can get 1500 yards combined. It's when this guy's in, they're now a running team. Then they sub in, you know, a Jalen Richard, and now they're, now they're in a passing team. That makes that, that offense one dimensional. It it makes the offense one dimensional based on one guy being on the field. I think that's, that's a scary thought in Oakland for 2018 because defenses can just bank on who's in the backfield and get a good idea what kind of play is going to be ran right at them. When beast mode's in, it's going to be something up the middle. When a Jalen Rashard is in, you could get a swing pass, could get a screen. I mean, you just don't know. So, I well you, well, you know, it's going to be a pass though. So I hope they're not one-dimensional based on the running back in the backfield. Don't forget two things. One, when the muscle
1: hamsters in the game, it's going to be a touchdown. <laughs> not really. <laughs> I don't even know if he makes the team. He he? he might not. And two, Martavis Bryant. Like, no hype this offseason, nothing but negativity, but you can't forget that he's there. I mean, we're talking Jordy, Martavis, and Amari Cooper. That's a good watch. Any of those guys play to their ability? Holy crap. I got into it a little bit on
2: Twitter the other day, and I I kind of lumped Martavis Bryant in the same type of categories I do with Sammy Watkins. He's a great athlete. Yeah. A great athlete. I don't know if he's a great receiver. But you have to account for what he is as an athlete whenever he's on the field. Yeah. So, you know what? He's going to require coverage from a good defensive back. You can't just – Probably let, deep. Yeah. At that. You, you can't just ignore him because he's going to kill you if you do. He's got the talent to do it, you know, as far as from the athlete standpoint. Is he going to catch a lot in traffic? We don't know because he's not played a lot of professional football really at this point. Whenever he does play and it they looks, give him some looks, he does look good.
1: Yeah, I mean he did he did pretty well in Pittsburgh last year considering his snap count because Juju uh, Smith Schuster severely cut into Martavis's snap count. Two receiver sets, it was Juju it was, all day. It was Juju, it was Juju and AB, absolutely. And and Martavis still did something with his opportunities. I mean he still had over five hundred yards and I be, I believe forty three receptions. I mean he was he was still contributing. It just wasn't in the same role. So. Really, that's all the Raiders needed was somebody, a Jordy, who can score in the red zone or be a PPR guy. Uh, Amari Cooper, I don't know which version of him you get, but if you get the good version, he's good enough to be your wide receiver one. And then you add Martavis Bryant, who's going to scare everybody a la Will Fuller down the middle of the field. So, I love Derek Carr. I love Goff. And I love my guy, which is Patrick Mahomes. I kind of consider him to be the uh, Jared Goff light. The team around him is not as good. The offense and defense isn't quite as good, uh, but Patrick Mahomes still has a pretty good offense and a pretty good defense around him, and technically, like, Goff is set up to succeed, and we all know he's got a cannon for an arm, just can he place it where it needs to be? His upside alone, I I hated leaving him out in my top 10, but 11-12, Patrick Mahomes is one of my guys this year.
0: I think he's a guy that you're a lot of boom busts i mean if he if if he does not oh, come yeah. out of the gate if he struggles a, a right out the gate it's going to be might be a rough season for him yeah. from a confidence standpoint now then again he does have andy Reid on the sideline of it, one he of does. the most quarterback friendly head coaches of all time he does have that tr- that that double threat out of the backfield who can who, you can run you can pass you never know what's going to happen he he's one of the
2: best tight ends in the league.
0: The best tight end in the league. Then you throw in that wide receiving core. Which you, is upgraded now.
1: I mean, we don't like Sammy that much, but just like we talked about Martavis, Sammy's still a threat. Yeah, Tyreek
0: Hill. I mean, last, last night, preseason, Tyreek Hill in about a half a game went eight receptions, 90 yards. I believe he got into the end zone once. Tyreek Hill looks like a, a top five guy. He does. He, he looks scary good. You know what you're going to get out of Kelsey. Um, I, so Patty Ice, it's all about him in Kansas City. Can he distribute the football efficiently? A- and I want I want to be the negative guy on, on Patty Ice. I want to hold on him and not not
1: overpay. You can kind of be both because if you swing and miss on him, you swung and missed hard. Yeah, you're gonna
0: have to pay high upside. You're you're buying the upside of Patty Ice, and I, he.
2: Yeah, I feel like half the players in any fantasy league has the same viewpoint that we do on Patrick Mahomes. Like he's got he's got 5,000 yard potential you know he's got the just swing it out there or sling it out there and let one of your deep ball guys come down with it he also has the other side I've got some of the best check down guys in the league yeah you know Kareem Hunt Hunt with uh, Travis Kelsey I mean those are great check down options yeah you know I mean it's everything set up for him to succeed it's can he get that touch like you said
0: And he's a gunslinger, so I mean, I I like that mentality about him. I I, I mentioned confidence, and I don't think a confidence is going to be an issue unless he rolls into 2018 with four bad games, and then it just kind of snowballs on him. But he is a gunslinger. He comes from proven success, so I I, I hope you're right. Yeah, Um, and and I definitely would feel a little better about him if your league
1: uh, is not hard on interceptions. But if you're in a league that interceptions are negative three, negative four points – May want to wait on Patty Ice because yeah. if there's gonna be a growing pain, it's probably
0: gonna be interceptions. Yeah. Time to kick off the running back roundabout.
2: Absolutely I'll give one more one more piece of love. All right. A, a guy who's basically been over four thousand yards since two thousand and nine. And it's Eli Manning. Eli, Eli Manning, you guys know how I love Eli as well. I thought you were going to say Andy Dalton. It's a long love yeah, story. Basically. It's but a
1: long love story, Arms
0: and Eli.
2: The problem with that you have with Eli is he's going to win you eight games darn near by himself. He's also going to lose you eight <laughs> games darn near by himself. Because, well
0: documented by Arms on that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you,
2: you, you go into Monday Just night, outside you to need 15 points, and he gets you 10. And you're like, really? You got 45 <laughs> points last, last That's week, That's Eli. Eli. But, you know, what he, he does have Odell Beckham coming back, and I don't think there's any argument. He's got an upgrade. Like, if you could go into a lab and create a running back, your end result is going to be Saquon Barkley. Bang. So, I mean, Saquon Bartley, Barkley was not born. He was created. Yeah. So, I mean, it just is what it is. He's just one of those guys that can do it all. There's no holes in this, in Saquon's game, which is going to be a huge benefit for Eli having that, that great check down option if they've got triple coverage. On Odell Beckham Jr., and for some reason Evan Ingram can't get open.
1: I think we're all just kind of waiting for Saquon Barkley to be cast as that next Avenger in the next Avengers movie. I mean, he's that kind of powerful.
2: He already was. He's played by Chris Evans. He's Captain America. Oh, okay. Once again, he wasn't born. He was created.
0: (laughs) But Eli, I love that you document that he will win the eight, lose the eight because that reflects Arms' uh, fantasy record over the last 10 years. (laughs) Perfect 500, baby. (laughs) Uh, And it's all at the hands of Eli Manning. That was pure brilliance, The problem
2: that you have is, like, whenever he wins you a a week, you were way behind, and there's no way you're going to win. Then Eli comes out, throws for 400 yards and three touchdowns. You're like, oh, my God. And then the next week against, like, back whenever the Jaguars sucked, you know, against a terrible Jaguars defense, he throws four interceptions and 188 yards and no touchdowns. You're like, oh, God, why? Why do you do this to me, Eli? Why?
1: It is is extremely painful. I I can't disagree. I mean, if you listen to some of our shows over the past couple months, I mean, most of us are even high on Giants. We all like Saquon. Uh, We all like OBJ. Evan Ingram. We we all love Evan Ingram. We all, uh, I think we're, no, we all don't. But I'm a big Sterling Shepard guy. I'm a believer that he can be a PPR monster somewhere down the line maybe this year, but you can't be high on all those guys and just forget about Eli. I mean, Eli is the most
0: established guy on the Giants team. Yeah,
1: he's very underrated in fantasy, to be honest. I mean, he's an afterthought. He's a last-round guy now, Uh, but he has top-ten potential, and it's crazy. You you can get top-ten potential. You just got to hope for Eli to be in a good mood this season. That's
0: it. I'll end on Eli as more of a bi-week caliber guy. In okay. Fantasy okay. Land. But if you're going to roll with a strong team around him, again, you, you, you just got to roll with that 10, 10 and 12-point games. Definitely not hating on the Eli pick. Nit, lead us off with the running backs. All right, man. I, I got a guy for you. My guy that was on the outside looking in of my top 10 actually finished in the top 10 in PPR formats last year with under 500 yards rushing. Easy. Everyone knows who it is. It's Christian McCaffrey, CMC baby. I C-M-C-C. lately everyone it seems like they go up and down on Christian McCaffrey depending on how good he looks game to game. It's an Amari Cooper like ride. It is. It is when they when C.J. Anderson comes in, uh, you start just looking at C- Christian McCaffrey like is he just gonna be like a third down roll, a second and third down roll guy? But no, he he's established that he is the starter. Looks and, that way. And, and he's just so dynamic. He, he's what you want out of an offense with a Cam Newton on it. When you, when you look at the offense, the run-pass option, you want a Christian McCaffrey, someone who can catch the ball. Like when, when Cam's under distress, it, he can catch the ball in a weird situation and turn it into 10, 15, or a touchdown. I mean, the guy had 80 receptions as a rookie. Do I expect him to get to 80 receptions again? No, probably not, but I think he can get more established in the running game. I think he can get into that 700 to 800-yard mark rushing the ball, still be in that 60-reception area, and combine. He, he combined for seven touchdowns last year. I think he could approach the double-digit mark on a combined touchdown basis, and that puts him top 10 all day. I mean, he was top nine in PPR last year. That should get him. I, I got to add, I mean, your your projection of less than 80 receptions,
1: probably pretty accurate because, like Nit said, He's going to be running the ball more. I, that that limits his opportunity for catching the ball on the backfield because they're apparently going to commit to him. I, I don't know if Cam Newton's going to have as many passing attempts this year as he had in the past. I'm not saying by a crazy amount. Maybe 50, you know, 50, 75. But ultimately, that that's going to cut into Christian McCaffrey's receptions a little with him being the main ball
0: carrier. Here's why I'm saying that the rushing stats go up. And through the first eight games of the season, he only went over – Twenty, over twenty yards rushing. That's a hot stat. Once, one time did Christian McCaffrey go over twenty yards? It's mind boggling. Out of a guy who finished in the top ten. Now we know it's because of the eighty receptions and six hundred fifty yards on the ground. But if he just gets a, if he could just average fifty yards a game, that's what we're talking. Fifty yards a game out of a starting running back. He's top ten all day because you know he's going to get the ball in those run pass options. Uh, coming out of Cam's hand when the when that receiving core, that's the other thing. When the receiving core that's is not open downfield, which they're not going to be open for a lot of the season. I'm not a Devin Funches DJ Moore, uh, uh, fan. Sam-
2: I see. Uh, I think Curtis Samuels looked great in the preseason. He has looked good. I will. DJ I Moore, Curtis that. Samuel. I've said it all offseason. They're the same guy as Christian McCaffrey. The problem with Christian McCaffrey is. He's a really solid slot receiver just by his running back.
0: But there, here's the thing. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are interchangeable into one position. Christian McCaffrey is not. He is their running back. Now, CJ Moore, CJ Anderson's going to get moved in. But Christian McCaffrey, yeah, they're all the, they're three of the same players. But Christian McCaffrey the only one locked into a role that's not interchangeable with the other one at a slot receiver position. And the crazy thing is they've showed exactly
1: that in preseason. So this isn't a crazy projection. This is reading between the lines of what
0: the panthers have done on offense Christian for McH- the preseason Christian McCaffrey, just get me to 50 yards rushing average on the season which is basically what you did on the back half of 2017 and you're you're a lock for top 10 again i, I like cmc a whole lot not a year.
2: huge fan uh, of uh, cmc myself but here's a here's a player i'm going to give you based on what his what who he's replacing did okay Eleven hundred yards total, nine touchdowns, thirty-two receptions. That's what Dion Lewis did did last year. All right. Okay. Is that your guy? Nope. Sony. Mich- guy. Sony Michelle. <laughs> Sony Michelle is a better version of him. He's got more Alvin Kamara in him than Dion Lewis. He looks like an absolute stud. We we saw him play against the best of the best, and he looked looked the part to be that top flight running back in the Patriots. I have told you before I don't like I don't like the Patriots the way that they uh rotate in and out running backs. Yeah. But they did finally spend some draft capital on somebody and I'm starting to buy into Sonny Michelle having that that season to where he can get 13 14 1500 all purpose yards, you know, yards from scrimmage and end up with 10 11 12 touchdowns.
0: And this is the first time this
2: if he's their true starter, mm-hmm.
0: when he gets fully healthy, let me let me put that disclaimer on this. But this is going to be the first time it could be all Sonny Michelle. I mean, in college, his entire college career, he was basically Nick Chubb's shadow. I mean, to be quite honest, the only time he was the man is when Chubb went down with the injury. So Sonny Michelle in a number one role, the confidence that that brings, the just the the opportunity it brings should have this dynamic, this new-age running back. This is what I like in a running back, this dynamic ability on the field. Sonny Michelle, all, all all fingers point to him being a superstar in this league for years to come. It's just do they commit to him in 2018? That's a toss-up to me. He, he's got to establish himself, get healthy. Got all this crazy Burkhead talk now, too. I mean, Burkhead's getting
1: drafted. Uh, I'm seeing him get drafted in like seven, round seven, round eight.
2: Rex Burkhead? With, with like Rex Jerick McKinnons and stuff Burkhead. like that. I would rather have – do they still have Jeremy Hill? Because I'd yes. rather have Jeremy Hill on that team than Rex Burkhead. I, I mean, I like Burkhead.
1: He catches the ball well, but this is the Patriots we're talking about. You're going to draft Re- – we all drafted Rex Burkhead too early last season. Guess who traded for him? This guy right here. I traded something premium. He took it for, to the Bark Bank. He, he took it to the Bark Bank because they signed him – and it was like, "Woo, Rex Burkhead, baby! The Patriots are going to make him their guy." And then they traded for Mike Gillisley. I was like, "God, now I've got to find a way to trade for Mike Gillisley because I already invested a bunch of capital into Rex Burkhead. Bad decision. I just acquiring both. I just of them. think
2: with Michelle, it, draft capital side, I think his talent is going to stand alone to where he can't come off the field. I think that talent, the, the talent gap, the chasm that he has on those other players on that roster." Is
0: huge. There's a a huge talent gap. When you're talking about just dynamic ability, when you're talking about playmaking ability, it's Sony Michelle head and shoulders over a Jeremy Hill or Rex Burkhead. This is the best running back they've had in years. They just, will they do right by him? But yeah, Jeremy Hill, whoever ends up getting the bulk of the playing time on run only downs on your third and shorts and things like that, your goal lines, they. Frankly, either of those guys could leech touchdowns, leech carries, leech yardage off of Sony Michelle in year one. But I'm with you. I, I think because they spent the draft capital, this is their running back of the future. Maybe not necessarily 2018. That's why I'm buyer beware on Sony Michelle. I'm going to talk about two guys at once after that. I'm inspired by Arms of Selection of
1: Sony Michelle because I'm going to throw two in. I'll be quick on both of them. But guys that have the same question mark behind them. Are their teams going to utilize them correctly or are they going to do way too much of a timeshare? And that's Alex Collins and Kenyon Drake. Two guys I actually think are extremely talented and I hated leaving outside my top 10 because I think their upside is massive. But Alex Collins, he has to have the carries. He's not a guy that catches the ball out of the backfield Bruiser. consistently. He has to have the carries. He has to be Baltimore's Marshawn Lynch if he's going to succeed. Kenyon Drake. Same thing. He has to have the carries. He can still be decent because he catches the ball out of the backfield well, but for him to be outside the top 10 and looking in, he has to get the carries. It can't be Frank Gore with 15 carries and Kenyon Drake with, you know, 14 or 13. They need to actually give him the ball. But those two guys, if they're used correctly, just like Sonny Michelle, Sony Michelle, I'm sorry, they, they could be huge for those teams. They've shown it. Kenyon Drake has shown it already in the preseason. Alex Collins has already shown it in the preseason. They need to stick with those two guys, and they'll get fantastic results, but will they?
2: For a time in uh, 2017, Alex Collins was averaging over seven yards a carry. I mean, what he was only getting eight or nine carries, but at the end of the day, he was showing that he has the ability to be a starting running back in the NFL. They just will not give up on Buck Allen. You know, For and good then, reason. He's and, solid. And correct me if I'm wrong, but they— They've still got a hold of Kenneth, Kenneth Dixon, am I wrong? For now. He's as supposedly of, on the bubble. But as of, of right now, him. Kenneth Dixon, who everyone keep year in, year out, projected. Kenneth Dixon's going to be a hot started. name. He's going to be yeah. you know, 1,100 yard back. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. I think that this is a time that Kenneth Dixon does finally get pushed out. Because, uh, to me, I don't think Collins is a stud. But I think he's enough to, you know, secure the starting, at least the uh, first and second down roll in Baltimore. And not, is he going to, I don't think he's a 1,500 yard back. I just No, but
1: he has a safe floor. Like, you know, he's probably giving you four yards. Yeah. Every time.
2: I mean, he averaged 4.58 yards a carry, basically in a part-time role last year. I mean, to, to finish the season, he literally did not play game one. Okay. He finished the season with 973 rushing yards and six touchdowns. Tackle another 187 uh, receiving yards. Collins has some upside to him. Once again, I, I I don't think it's a whole heck of a lot higher than that, even as a full-time role. But he's got the, the opportunity to be an 11 to 1,200 yard back.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think he'd go a little higher just because I, I think he could put it all together. But,
0: again, it, it's not a guarantee. Here is my <laughs> problem with what y'all are saying. Yes, controversy. in Alex Collins. It sounds like y'all are talking about Isaiah Crowell <laughs> from two or three years ago. But it's a different
1: outcome, I think. It is. It's a Our, lot like a it's, – it's a ton. Wasn't Crowell an undrafted free agent as well? He,
0: yeah. yeah Alex Collins a, was a late pick, a late selection out is, of Arkansas. Rounders, a lot of so similarities. Uh, no lie. Yeah. But it, that's my problem with it. It sounds like you're, you're stretching for a running back two when you could target a lot higher. Now, you, you mentioned the word safe. I think he's a safe 750 yard guy, but that's not necessarily what you want. He did better than that
2: last year as the backup.
0: I think he'll outperform I, it, but I, I also it. see
1: Nick's point of view.
0: Yeah, that's I'm saying he's safe. That's exactly what okay. I'm saying. Like he he approached a thousand yards. I'm saying and, he's and to me, safe. I'm, to me, I'm not safe. That safe away. is
1: the floor. He's yeah. got more upside than safe.
0: All right, and, and all right. I'm just saying it sounds like you're talking about Isaiah Crowell. I don't now, disagree. Now, he, he did all that. He did most of his damage in the second half of the season last year, so give him a full full 16 games of work. Who knows? He might be your 1,200 drug guy. He might be your multiple touchdown or a double-digit touchdown guy in 2018. I like that he has a save four, but I don't see the dynamic ability. I don't see the playmaking ability. He's just a bruiser. That's what he is. Any That's Drake what, thoughts? Mm -hmm. (laughs) my drake (laughs) thought is frank gore is there let's i'll keep it simple for you i do like drake i I was buying drake too i was buying drake right along with you and then they signed frank gore and frank gore is still relevant at 34 35 years old he somehow still makes his way onto the field so that's my
1: problem
2: playing the most punishing punishing position in the league i see i've I've got gore no stock in Drake anywhere, and I, I can't put stock in Drake anywhere because the Dolphins refuse to put all of their eggs in the Kenyon Drake basket. Like they, yeah. they don't want to, and there's something there for, you know, something to be said about when your own team doesn't trust you enough. Not only did he sign Frank Gore, they draft a running back. You know, yeah. uh, Kalen or Kalen Belage. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're continuously trying to replace him. What makes you think that he's going to hold on to that job all year long? I don't think there's a talent gap. I don't think Drake's that much better than any of them. Now, is he going to be healthier than Frank Gore? Most likely because Frank Gore's, you know, going to be out there with his walker after game 5. You know, cashing in his, he gets his, stronger as the years go on. He does. Uh, <laughs>
0: but, but his yards
1: Decrease more too.
2: Well, let's talk. Let me
0: talk. Again, go back to Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle was always in the shadow of Nick Chubb. Kenyon Drake was always in the shadow of whatever Heisman contending running back was there at Alabama. So Kenyon Drake never had an opportunity to show off his true skill set at Alabama. And it looks like, unfortunately, it looks like the Dolphins aren't going to let him have a full sixteen games. If you're the running back one here, son, it's crazy. They made him an
1: early third round pick, so. I mean, they obviously thought they something thought of him, them. but I'm I, I, I going to believe that Kenyon Drake is going to get more carries than we think this year. I like it. I'm going to believe. You want me to kick g- off? The-
2: g- good luck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Kick hey, it off. Believe man. all you want. No, don't believe Two too much. do step. Yeah.
1: All right, now. Believe it. Give me some wide receivers. You, got, you done? Get all some. right. Let me, let me some get in this. Give some
0: to Jay. Here's my dude. Here's my dude. Outside of the looking in on our top twenty, we did twenty. We gave the listeners twenty wide receivers. Here's the guy almost twenty twin twin. I thought about putting him in in the lower half. It's Jamison Crowder in Washington. Not an exciting offense. I I said it a couple of episodes ago. That is it. I have been up and down a roller coaster ride on this Redskins offense. As as the injuries occur to that running back or... With Darius Geis going down for the full season, they have to bring in an Adrian Peterson. I mean, that running game, uh, that, that, that running offense just looks devastated to be quite quite honest. Like I, I don't believe in Adrian Peterson coming in and being a twelve hundred yard back, just being the same guy he was three, four years ago. What that does puts all the pressure on Alex Smith in that in that receiving receiving core. Jordan Reed, is he going to be healthy? I don't know. We all hope he does. I think we all had him in our top 10 just based on his talent alone. But you look at the you look at the receivers on that roster, be quite frank, Jamison Crowder's the only guy with, with dynamic ability, playmaking ability. I don't believe in a Josh Dotson. I don't believe in Paul Richardson. They're just like wide receiver threes on a mediocre offense, and they're going to have big roles in Washington. But I do see Jamison Crowder – Having an uptick in yardage, and just because Alex Alex Smith is just a dink and dunk quarterback, short intermediate, that is where Jamison Crowder is going to make his money. I expect 2018. Let me let me pause before I say this. It being very Jarvis Landry like, not that high, not that high, Ooh. but I that's I that's where I think he's going to make his money, three, four, five yards off the line of scrimmage catch it try to turn it into something because that's alex smith's mo and that's just basically what the talent on that washington offense dictates it's bad when you say Jamison crowder is the only playmaker on that offense but it's true it's absolutely true so he's going to be force-fed the ball that's why i'm a little bit high on him just because he's going to be force-fed and that's that's my comp to jarvis langer jarvis langer was fed the ball in miami and I think that's what's going to happen. to with Jameson Crowder in Washington.
1: You wanted to call Alex Smith, Alex Collins so bad. Right? I did
2: so much Alex Collins he's got a, he's talk. Got
1: Alex Collins on the brain because he's a he's a sleeper baby.
2: I think I, I think that Crowder's fine. I agree. Okay, I like Crowder. I, I I'm not in love with Jameson Crowder. I, I don't have Jameson Crowder near my top twenty. Yeah. Because I do think Josh Dawson finally starts putting it together. I do think that Paul Richardson, I'm not a huge fan, but I think he eats into Jameson Crowder's targets. Because that was the biggest thing about Crowder last year, is he was open across the middle. Well, now we've got a very similar player in Paul Richardson doing the same type of routes. So if if one if everyone's going to account for who the damage maker's been in Washington up to this point, point, that's Jameson Crowder, now you've got Paul Richardson who's running a similar route, something short, something dinky and dunky. And you, there's, you know... 25 percent decrease in his receptions. It's not that he doesn't have some upside. I just I like uh, I like for him to have a little bit of a decrease in his overall looks, especially short.
0: I have to wholeheartedly disagree with you on that. Again, I do as well. Jamison Crowder. When you look at the stats, he's not a huge yards per reception guy, but he does get force fed the ball. Again, he he was at 100 targets the last two years. I think that shoots up. I think he goes for 125 to 135 targets in 2018. I mean, again, when you look at who is on that team, the, the Paul Richardson, he's to me, he's just a one-hit wonder that Washington is banking on. When you look at Josh Doxson, they draft him in the first round. Again, wide... He's so th- far
2: a no-hit wonder. <laughs> a no-hit <laughs> I hit understand wonder. that.
0: Yeah, but... Uh, but year 3 projection on Josh Dodson we're all talking about the year 3 breakout from a fantasy impact role Josh Dodson hasn't given you anything he hasn't given you anything to indicate that and again going back to Richardson he had he made all his money over two games in 2017 again I think Jamison Crowder undoubtedly is the guy to own in Washington but I think from a volume level a target level he's going to be force fed the ball simply because there's no one else around him yep Still disagree with you? Just took
2: you made good points. Took words right out of my that. mouth.
0: <laughs> took
2: words right out. I'm going to go with uh, with a rookie here. I think Calvin Ridley has an opportunity to step in, make a huge impact in Atlanta. All right. Um, step over Muhammad Sanu for that number two role. Muhammad Sanu, was 67 receptions, give or take last year, I think had about 700 yards. I think Ridley's a little bit better as an overall pass catcher. I think he's a better route runner. But Sanu's got the better body, so to speak. You know, more physical of, of, of a player. But I think uh, I think Ridley's going to leave some people, you know, still standing in the same spot whenever he breaks on his routes. He's he's been crisp since his freshman year crisp. at Alabama. He's mm. he's been one, now. Keep in mind, Alabama went from Julio Jones to Amari Cooper to Calvin Ridley. Okay, stud, 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 and Ridley's now the one that holds all the records. All right. Ridley making a ha- great point. Ridley him. has yeah. been has been that player who looked like a star in the making. And guys, I'm not saying that he's going to be this guy, but he looked like the next freaking Jerry Rice as a freshman in college because of how crisp his routes are. And nothing changed. Nothing changed. When, once you gave him a, a quality quarterback, mm-hmm. he is going to make a huge impact this year in the league. I I wanted him in my top ten. I wanted him in my, in my top 20. I just I kept letting him fall. I'm like, he's still a rookie. He's still a rookie. They still have other talented players on that team. they still got running backs to catch it out of the backfield. But he's right on the outside for me, and I could see him having an 1,100, 1,200-yard season. Do I think he's going to put up 10 touchdowns? No, probably not. But I could see him be at 6 or 7 easily. You make a great case. He again. does.
0: I, like, I felt the conviction. I did. But the problem is still Julio Jones is there. And, and I think all you can do for, for Calvin Ridley in 2018 is project Muhammad's new stats, which you, you alluded to, in the 60 reception category, somewhere around 800 yards. I just feel
2: like he's going to do more with those receptions, is my, my point. And he's never going to draw a number one coverage.
1: I like the contrast in opinion, but, because I'm squarely but, on the fence of this conversation. But I think Arms is right that Ridley is more talented than anyone's giving them credit. But I also think you're right that Julio Jones is still there and it's going to be hard to rack up more than 700 yards. But, man, I, I like Ridley but, too. I'm I mean, on the fence. I mean,
0: but to my point, point number two on this topic is Muhammad Sanu's still there. Muhammad Sanu's not a bad not NFL wide receiver. I, I'm not worried about him, but he's still going to garner. I have a cousin named Garner. Thank you. Garner 40 receptions. I think he. that's a good wide receiving core. It's a great he wide is. receiving core if, if Ridley is what we think he is. However, I think it comes down to target share. I think I think Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley finish both around each other. I, I think they're more both 50-50 guys, 50 receptions apiece. That's more, more likely. 6 just to seven. Like Let me
2: ask you a question. I'm under 80. If, if, you, if you want to put one of these guys in the slot, who's it going to be? Oh, Mah- Mohamed Sanu or Calvin Ridley? Ridley
1: in the slot all day. Yeah, but I just see him running a lot of three wides.
2: But but Mohamed Sanu has some
0: trust. He again Matt Ryan does trust Mohamed Sanu. He's still a, he's still a third down threat to catch the ball, go down. There's no I'm not arguing talent, not arguing talent, and they are two different kind of body type receivers. And I'm not hating on Calvin Ridley long term by I just, any means. I just
2: think that Calvin Ridley ends up with the out of the defensive backs that are covering the third or fourth defensive back is the one covering him. That's what I think, and that's a huge advantage for someone who's as good of a route runner as Calvin Ridley is. Bring a
0: nickel safety down, yep. a nickel back, which is this typically. This is your...
2: how
1: you remind.
0: Is that nickel back you're talking about? I think so. Yes, yeah. they're going to bring down a <laughs> a band. It's, well, it, it would take five people to count cal- Let come me to Calvin let Ridley. me tell you about my guy or
1: guys. I'm going to do it again, just like I did with Collins and Drake. We
0: quick. got another round. Just do one and pass it
1: on. Well, technically, we have time for. <laughs> this and the tight end picks, but uh All right. my guys, they were standing around I don't even know that I don't even know the standing lyrics to the lines. nickel. <laughs> they were standing in line to be the first ones in. It was the bottom of the ninth and they were never gonna win. I don't even know if that's right. But I Sterling Shepherd is one of my guys. I hated leaving outside the top twenty. Brought him up earlier. And it makes sense because he's not a top twenty guy yet. He's just not. But he's another one of those guys that I think could possibly be there. He could possibly finish at 19 or 20. So it was kind of hard to leave him out because I'm a Sterling Shepard guy. I think he's uh, more of the PPR guy uh, for the Giants. I think he'll have, you know, more targets than anyone in certain games. Like he's never he's never going to be that most targeted guy, or never not going to be the most targeted guy. If that makes any sense. Like o- Odell's not going to lead him in targets every game. Evan Ingram's not going to lead him in targets every game. Sterling Shepard's going to have a few games where he leads him in targets. And I think that's because he's one of those guys that constantly get open. So it wouldn't surprise me if Sterling Shepard cracked the top 20. And for that matter, Danny Amendola, a, a guy in a similar situation, yeah. going to be that shallow uh, shallow and through the middle guy. But one of Tannehill's favorite targets in camp so far, it's Danny Amendola. He, he will probably miss a handful of games. But the games that he's in, it looks like he's going to garner a lot of targets. I have a cousin named Garner. But Sterling <laughs> Shepard looks the same way. I, it, it just These two guys, to me, are guys that simply get open. And 2018, the NFL is a simply get open league. So I can't see how these guys won't have solid seasons. I know they've got big talents around them. Well, at least Shepard does. Danny Amendola has no big talents around him. He'll be just
0: fine. But, but yeah, they, they just get open. And those kind of guys are getting peppered with targets in the league. I'd be a hypocrite to tell you you were wrong on Damian Amendola after talking about Jamison Crowder getting force-fed the ball because they're the only guys there. Except they're not. I love Albert Wilson, man. Oh, I do That's, too, but they've 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 dubbed him as an outside. I think
1: Albert Wilson is going to be – Devontae Parker is going to be on the bench before long, if you ask me, and Albert Wilson is going to be in his place.
0: Yeah, I think it's a tragedy that they're pegging Albert Wilson only into an outside receiver role when he can play inside-outside uh, dink and dunk it seems to be our theme here with these wide receivers but he can play the dink and duck he's also extremely extremely fast can eat up yardage in a hurry run into deep ball so i do i think Albert Wilson could eat into some Damian and Danny Amendola uh, target share as the season progresses and they realize what kind of talent they have there but i'm not going i'm not going to kill you on Amendola cuz i think right now right out the gate Adam Gase Ryan Tannehill is going to look to make Amendola a guy.
1: Yeah, they brought these veterans in like Gore and Amendola for some kind of a reason. And I don't think it was just to be mentors. I think it was to actually play a role. And, and I'm buying into Amendola a little bit because of that. Looked well, great be- in the playoffs. Yeah, he, I mean, he really did. And he looks pretty good in training camp. Looks like Tannehill's favorite target. So don't know if that's a blessing or a curse. Another video came out of Tannehill dropping a football out of – it's like it's yeah. like a ghost is coming and swatting the ball out of his hands. It's, it's so sad to watch. Apparently, arms didn't see it.
2: What? I'm ready, I'm ready to go. Tannehill. All
1: right, we'll go tight ends.
2: No, let's go. I That's wanted an, to he, do. He wants to do another. I've got nothing to say on on any of those guys, Wilson or uh, Amendola.
1: Oh no, I just meant. Did you see the Tannehill video? No, I didn't see that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, he dropped miss. the ball again. Like it was just like he had it, and he just dropped it. Nobody hit him. There was no rush. It was just one of those Tannehill moments, like the the one where he threw it behind him. Last year, and to that's the and that's the
2: reason why you continuously don't put Ryan Tannehill in your top fifteen at quarterback or, or top you, twenty or twenty five when he holds hit. on to it and throws or it. It's not that bad. <laughs> uh, he, he's in. He's roughly around. I don't know. Let's see. Who can I project getting injured? Because he's about thirty third. Yeah. 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 No.
0: Well, hey, I want to give you another receiver who, who has all the opportunity in the world in 2018. I'll go ahead and say his name. It's Mike Williams, and y'all can hate on me, but I think Mike Williams can be that guy that comes in and is a strict red zone target for the for the L.A. Chargers. With Hunter Henry going down, someone's got to be a threat. Keenan Allen has established himself as one of the premier possession receivers in in the NFL, but not necessarily a red zone target. I think – Mike Williams has to take he has the talent now he has to take the opportunity in front of him to outplay Tyrell Williams into that wide receiver two job in San Diego now one of my favorite projection lines of 2018 given by fantasy sharks has him I love this 24 receptions Ooh. But 800 yards oh, <laughs> and yeah. only one touchdown. That's 35 a clip <laughs> and only getting into the red zone once. I don't get it. Uh, oh. I just kind of came across that with Mike Williams. thought it was, it was uh, them's big stats. How, how you, what are you just
2: catching 40-yard bombs going down all day long? Are, are you literally <laughs> falling as soon as you catch the ball? I'm Michael
1: like, Williams sets record for most times tackled at the one.
2: Yeah,
0: if the what I'm saying, Mike Williams could be a great bye week guy with projects with upside into the years to come. That's why I even mentioned his name on this show. But Mike, big, big Mike Williams in San Diego, one maybe third times the charm on the Mike Williams. I think it's hard for him to get past Keenan McCardell on the depth chart. It is, it it is. But he has an opportunity to catch a lot of touchdowns in San Diego
2: in 2018
0: very sammy watkins like Keenan micardo reference there
2: now i'm gonna go t- with the running mate to my number 20 overall receiver which is corey freaking davis <laughs> <laughs> taiwan taylor Ooh. Hmm. all right huh yeah now expecting a lot out of marcus marietta it, yes here, here's the thing nobody's actually established themselves as the walk away with it job in tennessee all right Davis hasn't really separated himself, but it's not because Davis is good or bad. It's because Taiwan Taylor's right there talent wise with him. Yeah, he was he was drafted in the third round. Did he do a ton last year? No, but did anybody do a ton last year? This year, their running game should be substantially better. Okay. They've got a threat out of the backfield in Deion Lewis.
0: Pass receiving. Yeah, the receiving out. threat yeah. out of
2: the backfield. Somebody's going to have to step up on the Titans. And I feel like. Taiwan Taylor has every opportunity to be that guy so far this preseason he's converted five of six receptor targets and has two touchdowns I know it's preseason I entirely get that but if he's already doing it and he continues to you know build with his progression and continues to build uh rapport with Mariota he's got an opportunity for to have a special season now is he going to be fifteen hundred yards? No, but I could see him approaching nine hundred yards, getting five or six touchdowns, which is good enough to be a wide receiver two or three.
0: Wide receiver three all day for Taiwan Taylor. I, I actually love that you bring him up, but I think he, I think you brought him up more as collateral to your pick of Corey Davis in the top twenty. He hey, called hedging hey, a bet, Chad. He could say he was right on one of them, <laughs> and, and,
2: but I do agree with you talent wise. And this is the handcuff diaries. <laughs> the handcuff diaries. <laughs> Uh, Ty- There's also nobody there to unseat him. I mean, he is the number two. What do you think?
1: Tajay Sharp? No. I, I will add that with Rashard Matthews looking unlikely to begin the season active, uh, t- why not Tywin Taylor?
2: Why not? He's got a chance, like I said, to, to build some chemistry. I mean, if he does that, it, it's his job. Nate you want to give us uh, tight ends, and we'll roll out
1: this show with the uh, tight ends we love that didn't crack our top ten. This was the
0: most difficult. Absolutely. Absolutely most it's difficult. It's like, oh,
1: man, I really do like Ben Watson. Oh. <laughs> it's so tough.
0: I think I might give a name and we all agree, even though I've hated and on him.
1: Blake Jarwin looks
0: so good. <laughs> Dare I say David and Joku? <laughs> I think I will. Super athlete. I I think I might. I'll bring up David Njoku. I think we all want to talk about him. Again, we're talking about opportunity more than anything in this outside looking in. David Njoku has all the opportunity in the world. He's going to be their day one starter in Cleveland, their week one starter in Cleveland. And the quarterback play is going to be better. Not great. We expect it to be better, though. There's more receivers around him than than were in year one for David Njoku. The running game is great. Go ahead and do what arms wants you to do, David Njoku. Super athlete David Njoku. Do what arms wants you to do and be that guy that gets to eight touchdowns. 50 receptions, 700 yards. That's enough to be
2: around the top 10. Okay, I'll buy that. Super athlete. Super athlete David Njoku. All right, so my guy's got a little bit of an opportunity right now to shine. Okay. He hasn't done it yet, but he's got a 34-year-old tight end in front of him. Someone who's battled a little bit of injuries here and there. Right now, he's not playing. I'm going to go with Johnu Smith. Janu, Johnny Janu Smith. Janu. I've said it before. He's basically Delaney Walker all over again. And if he can get in there while Delaney Walker's injured and start to make an impact, it's he's got an opportunity to start allowing to use that job yes, and take it. start allowing them to phase delaney walker out much in the same way that hunter henry started phasing out antonio gates if johnny smith can do that you know he's the tight end we all know it's it's very top heavy right yeah so after that you're really starting to look for people with upside and i think johnny smith has that upside to where he can get to 700 yards you know six or seven touchdowns he's got to really make an impact in the opportunities he's getting in this preseason though
0: i like that i like the comp to, to hunter henry well the situation of that hunter henry was in with the chargers and antonio gates because that's exactly what you have in cleveland you have a guy at this point johnny smith tennessee in, yeah in, in tennessee uh johnny smith is the more talented guy just based on age i mean he's just he's fresher uh he, he's ready Jean-Lou. to be. jean Smith. I, I, like the, I like the projection there. I think you're going to have to wait another year or two. But, again, hey, he's right there waiting for that opportunity. I, I Prob-
1: Delaney Walker is not young by any means. And uh, we for some reason, this has been the year to project players past 33 higher than normal. People are still kind of high on gore. Delaney Walker, Jordy Nelson. There's a lot of guys that are long in the 32th. Uh, the, you hate to project injury or, or project just aging out, but there's a possibility these guys age out, and I think John New Smith has a possibility and, to play and be really, really good. And
2: what Walker's injury is, it's it's a foot injury, and we see that continuously. They never really heal throughout a season. It almost takes the off season to really heal a foot Jordan injury. Reed, yeah, all last year. So. Is he going to get fully healthy this year, or is it going to be to where he's just a half-step slower all year long? And if he's a half-step slower, it's not like he was burning by people before. No, they That half-step slower is going to be a huge difference. They have to look at Johnny Smith. Yeah, they're going to have to look at Johnny Smith's way, and it's going to be an opportunity for him to to make an impact in fantasy this year.
1: I like it. uh, I'm I'm glad you did Johnny Smith, because I'm going to about the same level of depth down the tight end chart uh, my my guy that I hated to leave on the outside looking in, uh, but it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense for him to be in. But he could. Jared Cook. We forget about Jared Cook that last year finished number twelve overall in dynasty formats and actually had a handful a handful being a couple of hundred yard games. Didn't really do much in the red zone, but he actually had a pretty good season first season in Oakland. And let me tell you why. Part of the reason that Jared Cook played so big was because of the talent they had around him. Oakland had Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper. I'm not saying both those guys are superstars or studs, but they're very good receivers. And in games that those two played with Jared Cook, Jared Cook had a good game. The games that Michael Crabtree missed and probably put more attention on Jared Cook...
0: Not solid decline in stats.
1: Solid decline in stats. And this year you've got Jordy Nelson, Amari Cooper, Martavis Bryant, and Jared Cook. Jared Cook's going to see a ton. Of missed assignments and one on ones, and I think he could sneak into the top ten. And matching
2: up with a lot more linebackers than nickel safeties. Absolutely, or nickel corners. Exactly. And time. I don't. I, I'm not
1: projecting a top ten season, but he was a guy that I. It was hard for me to overlook uh, because of the situation and because honestly, last season Jared Cook was pretty good. You weren't in bad shape if Cook was your starting tight end, uh, because Jared Cook put up a better season than Ebron Hunter Henry. Vernon Davis, Austin Hooper, Charles Clay, George Kittle down the middle. He was tight end one material. He finished 12. He was. I mean, and, and I, I don't love him. Back Don't love him. But if you're going to punt the position in drafts and just not draft a tight end or draft him last round, Jared Cook's probably going to be there, and you're probably going to be okay. I, cannot so I can't that. really
2: argue. I mean, we waited and waited and waited for Jared Cook to come around, and it looks like he finally did. He finally found that opportunity to where he can be a, a somewhat of a feature in an offense. Um, he's Until last year, he was always an afterthought, you know, had all the talent in the world to do it, just never put it together. Last year, it wasn't a great season, but it was a solid season. And
1: we could almost, uh, you know, point over to Green Bay. Green Bay just hasn't been good with tight ends for years and years, and Jared Cook is not an exception to that rule. Another reason I'm not that high on Jimmy Graham. I just I can't see him being the exception to the rule for Green Bay. But, again, to make a,
0: make a case for Jared Cook, I mean – Look who's their coach. John Gruden is going to be old school. I I don't see him coming out with a lot of three receiver sets, even with the talent that they have at wide receiver one, two, and three. I think they have the tight end on the field for 80% of the game. So he's going to have his opportunities. And that's all we're really looking for in these guys looking out. Opportunity heavy. Jared Cook, have a year. Have a career year in 2018.
1: What a glowing recommendation at the end. (laughs) <laughs> it was wonderful. That wraps that up. I think uh, we could make like Adrian Peterskin and run off.
2: Uh, you could
1: have ended higher than that. <laughs> uh, we could make
2: like Adrian Peterson and I just
1: pulled a come Hill out didn't. below average. I just pulled out of Tannehill. I dropped the ball
0: you big did. time. You did. But let's sign us off, baby. It was a great afternoon, Sunday
2: afternoon edition.
0: Yeah, it's only 900 degrees in our studio, but it's been a great one.
2: I thought it was just me. I took a pre workout because I'm going to the gym right after this. I'm starting to sweat. Definitely not just you. It is
1: literally 81 degrees in our recording space right now. It's because
2: we're spitting that fire. Woo! <laughs>
0: yeah!
1: <laughs> Peace out, Barks out. Good night. See ya.
2: This concludes another episode
0: of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening. And be sure to give us a review.